KHWK Studios in Norfolk, Nebraska. It's time for Hawk Takes on 1017 The Nest. We talked a lot talked about a lot. A lot. About a lot. Yeah. We have talked for about two hours, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> talked about a lot. So it's typical around this time. I know. It's kind of weird. With Kelsey Bigelow, Caleb Zamora, Trevor Damster, and now your host, Sam Knoll. Welcome in. Hour number two of the program. It is the Husker Hour of Power Time. Well, the revised Husker Hour of Power Time, meaning the only Husker thing we got is Nebraska basketball Nebraska at the moment. Um, and we're going to talk a little college basketball, um, talk a little other stuff too as well. Um, uh, I think we're going to get some trivia time going here uh, down the stretch. Um, I'll come up with some trivia questions for you guys. Um, but if you got any questions or want to throw anything out at us, um, you can do it via the Facebook page. Trevor, we got some shout-outs you, you want to do? Yeah, I do. Uh, there are quite a few people in the stream right now. A big shout out to your mom, Joni. She is watching. Uh, your dad. Your dad's also here. Um, I know what up? What up, dad, mom? <laughs> I know Jade's here. Um, and then Jade, Lance, and Luke were watching. <laughs> That's as the well. only one Caleb cares about. <laughs> well, and Jade then, and me are like BFFs, Travis. So. And then Dustin Stortzum, he commented. Um, we're gonna get to this in hour number three, but he said, "Go Battlehawks." Couldn't agree and more. D Stortzum's covering the Battlehawks, Kelsey. Do you know a little more about that? Did he say anything about that on Twitter? Yeah, he did. He announced today that he gets to cover some games here and there. Their home games, so. I mean, pretty exciting in for St. him. St. Louis, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Congrats, eight congrats eight to D. Studley. D. Studley. D. Studley. Um, no one got a laugh at that, but that's so that's so good. But thanks for uh, everybody. Our mics are muted. Washington. We were laughing. Oh, on you the were other laughing. End. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay. we our mics are just off. No, we weren't. That's that's just <laughs> no, that's we that's how all my jokes are. The mics are just muted. That's why no one laughs. <laughs> that and just because don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not laughing at that one. Um, what else was I going to say? But yeah, uh, if you want to shout us out anytime, you know, uh, give us a question to talk about or a topic to talk about, you can, we'll, we'll drop everything, talk about it, um, or maybe get, get to it later, but, uh, you can put it right there, um, on the, uh, on the comments as well, or if you just want to have a shout out, you can do it as well. But, uh, Husker Hour Power is brought to you by the Northeast Media Arts Program, featuring majors in broadcasting, audio recording, digital cinema, now digital journalism and social media management. For more information, visit northeast.edu. We also got a poll question up, uh, which is uh, brought to you by the Early Childhood Club. The poll question today, are you hyped for the XFL? Um, make sure you go check out the poll question um, and answer that, and then uh, we'll get the results from that, and we'll talk about the XFL coming up in hour number three. But right now, hour number two, Husker Hour of Power, uh, talking on a little college basketball. We'll start with the Huskers, um, and the Huskers, they're having a pretty tough time. I assume I'm the only Husker basketball extraordinaire right here. Yes. Probably. Sorry. Don't follow that. Yeah, don't follow that. Caleb's Caleb is a is a is a what fan? A Blue Jay fan. Let me stand up for the camera. That's right. Creighton Blue Jays. <laughs> As he sits down. Let's he go, sits baby. Down. <laughs> I'm not gonna stand up. I don't wanna waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I do like the Huskers, basically in any sport, obviously. But, you know, you always have to have your other team because you don't always want to cheer for your hometown heroes. Um, my other team this year is, uh, and has been always Carolina, oh, so Jesus, both, both teams mine's, suck. Mine's TCU. And but TCU's Carolina's never, awful this year. Yeah, Carolina's TCU's horrible. never been good at They're going to upset Duke this weekend. Mark you know, my words. I'm not saying anything because that could happen. <laughs> They're not going to. They're um, not going to, Sam. Uh, Cole Anthony's back. I just want to say that. I'm not yeah, saying he's the whole team. You guys have like six other players. I'm not saying he's the whole team, but when he was there, they were somehow winning games, and I don't know how they were doing it. But we can start with Nebraska. I'll talk about Nebraska for a little bit. Nebraska seven and seven and fifteen. Yeah, not the best record. I get it. They've lost seven in a row. We haven't won since January. It's it's been a month. But they have been in every single game. You hey, give me but on a the team. Side, you get a team. Iowa. You get a team that wants to compete in the second half. It, but still lose. I take Nebraska every day. Yeah, they've been competing yeah. in all their games. I mean, I've kind of followed it a little bit, not a whole lot, probably not as much as you, but I mean, they're like you said, they're competing. They're sticking with every team, and I think that's uh, pretty impressive. I mean, even Penn State, their last game, they played pretty well against if it, them. If Penn it State's weren't for ranked. Penn State getting up by 20 at one point in the second half, mm -hmm. they hit like 10 threes. Um, that, that would have been close, but they only lost to three by Rutgers, who's going to be a good tournament team this year, I think. Rutgers is going to surprise a lot of people. They they are so big. It's absolutely nuts, but I'll talk uh, 
they're just Nebraska's just really young at the moment, and they're relying on a lot of transfers to do some stuff. Hanif Cheatham, who won't be here next year, he's averaging 12 points a game. Um, but Cam Mack has been the one that's been the absolute big story. 13 points a game, 6.6 assists per game, 4.5 rebounds a game. His 13 points leads the team. His 6.6 assists per game leads the team. It's like 13th in the country in assists per game as well. Um, and then he's second on the team in rebounds. Uh, Yivan Andrago, uh, uh, he's got he's averaging six rebounds a game. He's really young. He's 17 years old, and uh, he comes from France. He didn't know what a weight room was until he got to America. And he's and he's like as big as Asher is. Wow. And yeah, so that's just a random fact for you. Deshaun Burke, uh, most athletic player I think they have besides Cam Mack. Um, Javay Green, the the star transfer from uh, Western Nebraska. When he's not smoking pot, he's doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> Josh Gordon 2.0. Uh, <laughs> maybe. No, actually, uh, he got he got suspended earlier in the year, and it's kind of really set him straight. He's doing a good job. Um, but Cam Mack has played 764 minutes this season, which is pretty nuts. He plays like he averages 40 minutes a game, which is pretty nuts. But over this last, uh, they've lost eight of their last nine. They've lost to Rutgers, Iowa, Northwestern, Ohio State, Indiana, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan, Penn State. All of those teams are probably besides Northwestern, they're pretty they're pretty booty cheeks. But besides all those teams, those most of those teams. Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, um, probably tournament teams. Um, Indiana, maybe not a tournament team. Ohio State's kind of on the fence right now. But Rutgers, definitely a big tournament team. But a lot of those teams are going to push, make a push for the tournament. Penn State will definitely be in the tournament this year. Um, and like I said, if you want to take, if you want to give me a team that's going to play horrible in the first half, I'll take Nebraska. If you want me to pick a team that's going to play great in the second half and still lose, I'll take Nebraska any day. They just play really good in the second half. I mean, against that loss to Northwestern, they led 42-27 the first, and then law and then won the second half 30 to 20, but still lost 62-57. Against Ohio State, they were down 38-25 at halftime, won the second half 43-42, and still lost 80 to 68. Against Indiana, same difference. Uh, against Rutgers, they were just out rebounded, but against Iowa. Their lone win over these last nine games, they won 76-70, and they put up a solid 38 points in each half. Nebraska just has a tough time. They go through scoring droughts, and uh, turnovers are kind of a big thing as well. But Coach Hoiberg, I like what he's doing so far to start out the season. Um, and plus, we got three guys that are uh, on the transfer block, um, on the transfer block, but they have to sit out for transfer. So he's working with a lot of non-scholarship um, guys. But shout-out to my boy Charlie Easley from Lincoln Pius, a freshman. Got a start last week because Cam Mack was three minutes late to a uh, to a meeting, and Hoiberg was like, nah, you're not starting. So, uh, But Charlie Easley, freshman from Lincoln Pius, uh, was able to get the start. But uh, I guess that's my takes. Nebraska just really young, 7-15, um, and 15, yeah. Uh, was I expecting this? Yes. Was I expecting them to win a Big Ten game at all? No, so they're actually kind of surprising me. Hey, uh, like you said, I think the key that you said was that they compete in every game. They've played some pretty stiff competition this season. I mean, all around, uh, Penn State is ranked. I mean, they're in the top 25. I think they're at 22 right now. Uh, you look at the other teams that you named off. Every single team that Penn they've Penn State played, just beat somebody. They just beat Michigan State. Yeah. They? Yeah, they beat Michigan State, and that's then Izzo yeah, went off. So yeah, they'll, they'll probably jump in the rankings a little bit, but, yeah, they've competed in every game. I mean, statistically, they look pretty well sound. They're just getting uh, or going up against teams that are just naturally better or more athletically uh I don't know what the word would be. More athletically better? Yeah. More gifted. athletically gifted. Thank you, Caleb. That's what I was looking for. Um, but we played Creighton, and I don't want to talk about the Creighton game. Caleb's hmm. mic's on. But I can definitely talk about the but, Husker but game. It was but a, that, that was a while ago, so I won't go all the way it was, back. It was, a, it was a really good game if you're a Creighton fan. Very <laughs> good game. Very good game. Um, I guess So that's that's my that's my analysis of their they got Iowa coming up. I'm I'm not saying they're going to beat Iowa. They got Maryland coming up. They probably won't beat Maryland. <laughs> um their next and it's sad to say but they're just playing tough teams Wisconsin. Their next winnable game at home is when they play Northwestern on a March 1st. So they got to go through a whole month again without playing 
a semi-winnable game. And that's it's tough when you look at your schedule, especially we're in the Big Ten. We'll talk about what conference is tough. But, I mean, if you're any Big Ten team, you look at it and you go, when are we going to win a game? It's basically you walk out there and you're like, well, I hope we win tonight because I don't know when we're going to win another game. And the only two sucky teams that the Big Ten have are Northwestern and Nebraska. So, um, But, Caleb, you got about three minutes before we got to go break, so I'll, I'll let you start uh, talking about Creighton. Oh, actually, uh, I'll talk about Nebraska here. Um, I think, you know, even though they are 715, I think Kelsey kind of hit it. Um, they're not that bad. Um, I don't think they're that bad against Creighton. They were that bad. But um, against, you know, these Big Ten opponents, they're not that bad. And I watched that uh, Rutgers game where they had them. Yeah, they And then did. Rutgers hit that big-time shot late. At the buzzer. Yeah, to uh, win it 75-72. Michigan, they competed. Penn State in the second half competed. So, you know, yeah, Michigan game got, a, will Michigan never, game got yeah, away from him in the um, second half. Hoiberg's games will never – well, I mean, Hoiberg's teams – will never give up. Uh, it, they are a resilient bunch, and then, uh, you know, you uh, have to give them credit. And I'm, and I'm saying I'd look out for this team in the Big Ten tournament to uh, maybe take one of these teams out of the, you know, the, one of these teams is probably going to be in the last four in situation, and it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska is able to win a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I, I definitely think they could they could compete in that first round game against whatever sucky team they got to play, and then the second round uh, game where they got to play a, a tougher team. I think they'll compete there. But Fred Hoiberg is leading such a high up tempo offense. They average like two, they average uh, so many possessions per minute, and it's like third or fourth in the country, and it's pretty crazy. Um, how fast that they are just uh, shooting the basketball, and they love to shoot the three. Cam Max made 100 threes this season, uh, which is pretty nuts. I mean, that's 300 points right there, but uh, he, he's been doing a pretty good job. But like you were saying, Caleb, they've just been playing tough teams, and like we were saying, uh, tough teams. I mean, you take a look at the last teams they faced. There's only one team that has a losing record, and that's Northwestern. They're 6-15, and 1-10 in Big Ten play. That only win is versus Nebraska. Nebraska's got two wins. Uh, they beat Purdue, who Purdue... Uh, it's kind of on the chopping block right now as well, um, but they got a they got a good win last night versus Iowa. Yeah, and um, you know Sam York completely right because what have we learned this basketball season? Upsets there have been tons of them. It's bound to happen in March, and Nebraska could be that sneaky team that could potentially upset you know maybe a, a lock or maybe a team on the bubble, and you know who knows Nebraska maybe pull off a, a miracle. I definitely agree with you guys in that. I mean, especially once you get down to uh, that March time, February, end of February into early March, it's upset central. I mean, every team has to look out, especially this season. I mean, everybody in college basketball is so wide open. There's not that one set team that you can look at and say, oh, they're easily going to win the tournament. I mean, you can't really do that any year because March Madness is the best tournament in all of sports, but... Uh, usually you have a pretty good idea of who that Final Four is going to be, but this year I, I don't think you can really look at it and say these are Final Four teams easily. No, you really can't. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue talking a little college basketball. Uh, Caleb will give us a recap of how Creighton's been sucking it up this season. Nothing on the other end of the line, but uh, Creighton, Creighton's actually been doing pretty good. And we'll talk, uh, Kelsey's a Duke fan, so we got to talk a little bit about Duke. Um, but oh, we'll also just you act like it's a terrible thing. <laughs> I'm a Carolina fan, obviously. I gotta ask, act like it's a terrible thing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. at least we're not terrible like North Carolina, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I I wasn't. I'm not saying I'm a North Carolina fan all the time. I'm just saying when the Huskers so suck. So you're a bandwagon. Yeah, I'm a fan bandwagon. When they're good. Um, uh, good job, Kelsey. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I lost what uh, I was going to say. Oh, kick it to break. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll keep talking about college basketball, uh, get some other stuff in there as well. That's all still to come here on Hot Takes on 1017 The Nest.
Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here. Just got done talking a little Nebraska basketball. And uh, Nebraska, once again, they got a big game coming up against Iowa over the weekend. You can check that game out on BTN starting at 7 p.m. Skurs and Hawkeyes. Um, right now, we'll uh, talk a little Creighton basketball, the other team that's in Nebraska. Did you even know Creighton was a university? I didn't. Creighton who? Oh. Yeah, Creighton who? <laughs> the team who's not, you know, seven fifth and seven seven fifteen. Oh fudge! I can't wow. seven and fifteen. Who's not seven and fifteen? I can't talk. That was close. There's I mean, a lot of teams that are seven and fifteen. <laughs> but Nebraska's one of them. <laughs> You're right. They are. Um, <laughs> uh, Creighton currently ranked number twenty-one. They won't be anymore after they lost uh, to Providence, seventy-three fifty-six. Uh, but Caleb, so far Creighton's been doing a good job. They got. Uh, uh, you know, from what I've been hearing, some of the best guards in the country. Uh, what's the white dude's name? Uh, Marcus Zagorowski. We, yeah. actually, we have we have two name. white dudes actually. What's yeah. the other white dude's name? Marcus Zagorowski and Mitch Ballack. Yeah, Mitch Ballack. That, that's who I was thinking of. He made he what well, he he had like 300 career threes or something like that yeah. the other day. That was he cool. is a great shooter from the three. Yeah, but could it be the next Doug McDermott. No, no one's gonna be really the next Doug. Maybe you know Marcus Zagorowski has some potential, but I don't know about Dougie McBuckets. Oh. Did you guys not remember the name? Oh, it's an auto. Who forgot to turn it oh, off? What a host! Oh my goodness! Jeez, Sam what forgot a, to take it out of auto. What a heat up! Who tried to do that? <laughs> I thought I put it in live assist too. Wow! Jeez, well, guess I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. All right. Um. Embarrassing moment number one of the show. I thought I was doing so good. Sam always has one. Yeah. Last week it was in hour one. It was like right before it was, we even started. Yeah, it was right when we started talking. <laughs> nice job, Sam. It's all right. Um, you made it through an hour at least this time. All right. We tried. Uh, well, let's Creighton, talk. Creighton, Creighton basketball. Creighton basketball. They beat Villanova 76-71, uh, but then they lost on the road to Providence. Caleb came in here storming mad because they <laughs> lost to Providence, and he was like, why do we even get ranked? Every time we get ranked, we lose. Absolutely, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> because I am right. Let me tell you something. Earlier in this season, we were ranked number 25 on the road to Georgetown. Lost 83-80. Georgetown's we're, good. Weren't ranked. And now, all of a sudden, we get on this great, great winning streak. Beat Providence, 78-74. Beat DePaul, not really a good team. Beat Xavier, 77-66. Then, we went to Nova and beat them, 76-61. And then, the AP poll decided to rank us, which... We probably should have, and we lose 73-56 to 56 to Providence. I don't care if you keep us out of the AP top 25, do it. Go ahead, because uh, I don't, uh, because I guess St. I guess, I guess John's will be all right. I don't even know but, why they're ranking teams anymore. Um, against Seton Hall? Honestly. Uh, please don't rank they us. They don't really mean anything at this point. I know. Everybody... Everyone is losing to everybody. Exactly. I don't even know why, especially with a Big Ten. Like They try to rank all those Big Ten teams, and it's like, why? You're just going to have to unrank them by the end of the week. Go ahead, Caleb. You can keep talking. Sorry, I just want to say. Oh no, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, we have our next, you know, next week, next Wednesday night against Seton Hall. Twelfth ranked Seton Hall will probably be a little higher. Um, it's gonna be Seton a Hall's really, good. really tough game. I do think we could pull it out. I, I do think we could maybe pull it out, but that's only for unranked. Uh, we can only be unranked in order to win <laughs> that game. So that's the only only reason we will. So win does that, that mean you're gonna lose your first game in the tournament, no matter what? Because I mean, every team in the tournament. No, is ranked. that's that's seeding. Seeding. It's not really you're ranked in the AP top twenty-five. That's or, true. You know, anything, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, Creighton has never made it past round two. In, It'll stay. In Creighton's currently Creighton's history. currently a five seed. They'll probably yeah. drop. But like if six. the tournament ended today and Joe Lenardi was the bracket maker, they'd be playing Vermont. Yeah. Um, so I, in, in my mind, they have to play you know how much that bracket's going to change? Yeah. yeah. In my mind, month? this year so could be the year, year to break it because of how many upsets there have been. We could be the team to upset a certain team just because of our three, 11 our big three team guard, teams. You know, our three guards with Tyshawn Alexander, Marcus Zagorowski, Mitch Ballack. Those three guys are, are going to be the one who could maybe upset um, maybe a Louisville, who I've seen, a Louisville, a Kentucky, one of those teams maybe. But um, but yeah, against Providence, we had one of our worst shooting nights ever. Marcus Zagorowski only had three points. So, you know, he was like one for nine from the field. Mitch Ballack, he got really hot in the first half. I mean, we only scored 20 points in the second half. So our offense in the second half just was non-existent. Uh, we, we shot the ball really poorly in the second half. And, you know, Providence is a good team, but, I mean, 
uh, I don't know, Providence, I don't know. They're, they're alright. They did beat Butler, the, the game before, so, I don't know. Uh, but against St. John's, we should beat them this Saturday. All right, there you go. There's a wrap up of uh, of Creighton basketball in a nutshell, right there. Once again, they're 17 and six. They got a big uh, game coming up this weekend as well, and uh, they'll still be ranked for that game. So a chance that they could lose. Then. No, it's at home. If it was away, yeah. You're but saying they can't. Home. You're saying they can't lose at home. Uh, in Omaha, not really likely because we shoot amazing at home. So. Uh. Well, okay. We'll so there you go. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, Creighton. If I'm wrong. Um. So we'll talk a little. Kelsey's a Kelsey's a big Duke fan. Uh, they're currently nineteen and three. They beat Syracuse on Saturday, then beat Boston College on Tuesday. Uh, how do you think the Blue Devils are doing there, Kelsey? You know, it's it's a pretty good season. I mean, you can't really complain with a nineteen and three team. They've had a couple losses, but I mean, that was definitely expected, especially heading into a season where is. It's off a huge season for uh, Duke. I mean, you look at it, they lose Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and uh, crap, I just drew a blank. Are you kidding me? No, Grayson Allen they lost too, but then they got to keep Jones is what I was going to say. That's yeah. where I was going with that. But, I mean, this team has... Grayson Allen still on the team last year? No, the, yeah, last year, yeah. He was still on the team last year? Yeah, he played all of his... No, he, no I don't Allen. think he was. He was, he was the year he before. He played all four years there. He was, the, he was the year before, I thought, though. Yeah, it was yeah. the year before. There was somebody last, else then. Because last year... I'm drawing was, a blank. Goodness sakes, yeah, Kelsey. Whatever, that was last year. It's in the past. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, no, this season I've been pretty impressed with this Duke team. They kind of went on a struggle there when Wendell Moore went out with that hand injury, but they're back at it. I mean, they're probably going to lose a couple more games. It's just the way that college basketball goes. You can't go undefeated. They've only lost three games, which is pretty, pretty surprising. Impressive. And yeah. I, I mean, Louisville was one of their losses, and they're sitting pretty high in the rankings right now as well. They're sitting at five. I mean, Duke's at seven. You can't really complain with it. All of the guys are contributing. They've played pretty well. I mean, I'd say this is one of the more well-rounded teams. I mean, you don't have those standout players like Duke has had the last couple of years in Zion Williamson, or you go back even farther, Okafor, or guys like Grayson that. Grayson Allen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind, kind of, of. Kind of, there for a year. That one but, year, yeah. Uh, but this team is more well-rounded. They have four guys averaging double-digit points. I mean, I've been pretty happy with it. I'm excited for this weekend. Obviously, Duke, North Carolina, one of the best rivalries in all of sports in my opinion and this is actually the hundredth season of those two teams facing each other so it's supposed to be a pretty big deal I don't know if the hype is going to be as much as it typically is because of uh, North How Carolina. How bad Carolina is, is. I, but I still think it's going to be a good game. Yeah. I think North Carolina is going to show up to play that game. They're not going to just. UNC I mean, Duke is like is like Army Navy. Like no matter yeah. how bad the teams are, they're going to play good against is, each other. It, they're going to play good against each other. That's Every just how it is. Because like North Carolina has been ranked really good, and Duke's like been not as good. Mm -hmm. um, and so and then Duke has beat them. UNC's done the same thing. So it's just, it's just going to kind of depend. Um, um, hey, I, hold on. The what? largest victory in that game was actually 37 points, which that was a long time ago, and it was you guys, and then we beat you guys by 35 points. But other than that, I'm pretty sure those are like the only two blowouts yeah. ever. Every Everything comes down to the – I mean, last year Carolina swept them, which was pretty mm -hmm. crazy. Go ahead, Trevor. Um, Was it Luke? Or Luke. That Luke, Luke said, um, who do you think is going to be in the top five going into March Madness? Like the top five best teams – in college basketball, like um, probably the, probably San Diego State and Gonzaga, because I don't know if they're going to lose the rest of the year. Baylor might stay up there. Baylor they played pretty well. Baylor and can whoever loses in the Baylor Kansas, whoever wins the Baylor Kansas one will be in the top. I five. think Baylor will. I think Kansas is going to drop that game. Uh, I could see Louisville being the top five. West Virginia probably not. Duke, I could definitely see them up there. Yeah. Um, I'd I, I say, could definitely see maybe a Creighton in there. I mean, Lord I'd knows. say Baylor. <laughs> Gonzaga, San Diego State, Duke, and... I could see Auburn making a run at it. Who would be the fifth? Um, Somebody probably down low, like a bigger name team. Michigan like State. Michigan State Michigan or Kentucky, State probably. Or Kentucky, yeah. People have been heightened up. Dayton. Dayton fires. Yeah, Dayton's a two-seed right now. Dayton's an expected two-seed right now but uh Archie uh Archie Miller former head coach there where's he's at Indiana now but Dayton they always seem to get some good players they had those good runs through the tournament 
uh, when Archie Miller was there. And West Virginia is good, good too. West Virginia. I always is good. like the way they play. I mean, yeah. these last couple of years, they've really impressed me. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. West Virginia had that dude that looked like he was about like 80 years old that one year. Yeah. They were so good. That was a couple of years ago. Um, I think teams to watch out for, you know, like Michigan, like we say, Michigan State. Kentucky could make their way back in there, but some sleeper teams. Maryland is slowly but surely making their way up the rankings Florida as well. State. Florida, Florida State. Florida State's going to be good. They got a, I mean, they got a win over North Carolina last week. It was a, it was a big win at home. Um, and then Dayton, like you guys Dayton, mentioned. Dayton, yeah, they could make their way in. It's honestly the, the year the little guys because – um, all the big guys are losing so much mm-hmm. that that's why Gonzaga and San Diego State are are up there so high. So you can see Dayton probably going in there. It wouldn't surprise me if those guys were one, two, three. I mean, if Dayton doesn't lose the rest of the year, Gonzaga or San Diego State, there's your one, two, three, and your three number one seeds are basically a bunch of Group Five teams, which would be absolutely insane. And your other number one seed would probably go to KU, uh, Duke, uh, West Virginia, Louisville, or. or um, Michigan State, maybe Kentucky. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I guess I was going to throw out the question, um, do you like like basketball during the regular seasons when it's like this, when you can't decide who's going to win either game, or do you like it where there's like a true number one? I guess like, like I love March Madness and I love upsets, but I like when there's a true number one that you, you know, and I think it's even bigger to see them lose. Like when Kentucky went undefeated, they were a true number one, and then they lost to Wisconsin. As a basketball fan, I like how close everything is this year. As a fan of a team that's been kind of that top number one or up there in the talks, I prefer them to be a dominant force. Yeah, obviously. I guess that, that that's what I was thinking too because um, I like I like at least knowing and teams like Gonzaga and San Diego State. Like, no offense to San Diego State, but you're just not playing anybody that's going to get you ready mm-hmm. for the tournament. I mean, if the tournament went the way Joe Lenardi has it, they play William and Mary, obviously get a win, hopefully, um, and then Michigan or St. Mary's. I mean, probably. and they probably they probably lose to Michigan. I mean, Michigan's really tough. Um, so I think, you know, like in teams like this and, you know, no, not saying that Dayton, Gonzaga or San Diego state aren't good, but it's just the team of the little guys this year. And that's what we're talking about. Um, that they've just been able to find their way up to number one ranking. And I mean, is Baylor really legit number one seed contential? Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're just having a good year. The big 12 isn't as strong as it, as it has been West Virginia, Kansas, Baylor, um, but like Iowa State isn't as good as they usually are. Uh, K State isn't usually as good as they are. You know we haven't talked about that K- Kansas Kansas State brawl yet. And they're playing each other sometime soon. Again. That brawl was absolutely stupid. It was, it was so insane. stupid, stupidest, so stupid. And that one guy thing definitely ever. should have been ejected from basketball He's still suspended. forever. He should forever. He oh, picked up Jesus, a chair. That's true. Yeah, he, he, did, he picked he up did a chair pick and chair. did nothing with it. Bunny yeah, was, because Bunny the guy stole it from him. A chair. He still did nothing with it. Yeah, he was not he, 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 he didn't do a Miles Garrett type thing where he I did where he did it still, somewhere. Miles Garrett didn't get ejected from football overall. 15 games was pretty good. 15 games, 15 uh, we're going to put a pin in this. We'll come back. We'll talk about that K-State brawl coming up here in just a second. It's Hawk Takes here on 101.7 The Nest.
Welcome back in, hour number two of the program. As uh, talking a little college basketball here, talked about the Nebraska uh, Huskers and the Creighton Blue Jays. Right now we're talking about that uh, Kansas-K-State brawl, which happened uh, just at the beginning of the year here, uh, the beginning of January. It was absolutely stupid. Um, I guess we'll, we'll kind of break it down. So the K-State player stole the basketball from the Kansas player. He went and went to lay it up and uh, essentially put it in for two, and the Kansas player was like, nah, and absolutely rejected him into, like, the next century. But then he st and he just, like, stayed there over the top of him. So he was, like, trying to pick a fight is, is what I got from it. Do I agree with the Kansas State player trying to steal the basketball with, like, 20 seconds 30. left when you're down by 40? No. It was, it was stupid, know. but I think the way that the Kansas player reacted was uh, also stupid and probably more stupid than the fact that the guy stole the ball. Here's what I, like, um, I don't understand. There's so many of those unwritten rules where it's like, oh my goodness, he can't steal the basketball from us because it's because it's like this. Should he have probably done it? No, it's just adding fuel to the fire. But why did the Kansas guy have to go up there and completely, utterly exactly. destroy him? Like, why could, like, you're up by 40, like, just let him make the layup. You know, and then and then he'll get booed, and you know your guys are gonna get on him. But it's like keep your composure and just let him make the layup. It's not that big of a deal. It's two points and a thirty-point blowout. That's that's the only thing I was thinking. And I mean, there's there's people on the other side that say, well, the Kansas State's players playing it all the way through the whistle. But I am a baseball fan, <clears throat> so and I kind of agree with the unwritten rules type of thing so uh when a player does this you know sometimes you have to do this but in basketball it's a little different the unwritten rule is when you're up by 40 you don't shoot the basketball and the other team is just like all right you beat us by 40 so you don't have to do anything about it so um i kind of agree with both sides but i like the side of why did he have to go after the steal to start with but i also am thinking why does the kansas guy have to block him and then the Kansas State guy that came off the bench onto the floor the and got in the other guy's face. The entire bench <clears throat> just emptied. I think if the bench stays there, nothing happens. Yeah, I think if okay, should he have stolen the ball? Probably not. I mean you're down, you got completely blown out, whatever, let it go. But at the same point after you steal the ball, the Kansas player if you want to go swat him, that's fine. I mean, you can block him, but there's no sense in standing over him at that point. I and mean, the way the game he was thirty was like, seconds. Geez. Like there was literally thirty seconds left in the game. If you just you can block him, sure, whatever, let it go. After that, after the, after that, there was like point. I don't know. It was like point two seconds left. So you can't even get a shot up in point two seconds. But they made everyone come back on the floor and play those point two seconds. I don't know why. Don't ask me why they did that. But it was just I just thought that was interesting too. But I thought it was just hey, utter, utterly dumb. Can you help me with this, boss? Uh -oh. Sam for the uh -oh. win again. Nice. Sam forgot it two times in a row now. <laughs> I thought it was utterly dumb though uh, that they got in that big of a fight. The guy that came off the bench um, that was in street clothes and started picking the fight with everybody. That guy should be, I mean, I all agree the Kansas guy should be out for a while, but that guy should not be allowed on the K-State team either. No, I completely agree. I think a lot of guys should have probably gotten a worse punishment than what they got, but the fact that DeSousa came in and picked up a chair, that's what I just don't understand. What was going through his head and that was like, hey, he didn't do anything I'm going to pick up this chair, and even if I'm just acting like I'm going to hit a guy, and even if he doesn't, I mean, just the fact that you picked up a chair and had it held over your head acting like you're going to hit somebody is way too far across the line. And it's just it's just like the Miles Garrett thing. He picked up that chair, and it was an act of insanity. He did not understand what he was doing. He's not thinking what he was going through because there's tons of fans right down there on the floor, and he picked up a chair from a fan that had left their seat because they were running away from this brawl that was ensuing. And he picked up a chair, and what did he think? He was going to try to hurt or injure or, I don't want to say kill, but he tried. He wanted, Basically. To, he wanted to try to hit that person in the head. And that's an act of insanity, just like the Miles Garrett thing. I and guess It's yeah. hard to say what would have happened if he wouldn't literally a coach took the chair from him otherwise yeah. it's hard to say what would have happened i mean if that doesn't happen the that, moment, that guy's probably just can't play college basketball anymore so mm -hmm. he, he probably should think as assistant but caleb trevor i guess your guys's thoughts opinions on the fight we can debate this 
if we if we if we need to. Um, I agree with you guys. I but I also and I'm like you, Sam, where I can see it both ways. Um, you know, he should the player shouldn't have acted out and grabbed the chair as he did. But um, I don't know. I I think the suspension is right. I think that. You know, both teams are punished, rightfully so. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to get too far in depth with it. I just I just agree with uh, what you said. And the way each team went about after the game, going up, going about the, you know, is essentially, oh, well, we're, we're going to talk about this behind closed doors. So that way we can get away with some stuff. I'm not saying that, but... Especially, this is just such a bad eye for Kansas after everything's come out against Bill Self and uh, that fact that he has paid players to come and play at Kansas, a, a program that has been, um, you know, just that has been kind of out of the limelight and that stuff. And everyone says, "Ah, oh, Bill Self would never do that," but but clearly he it, has. It happens. And but they're Kansas, they're Kentucky, they're North Carolina. Duke would also be in this as well. If something happens yeah. like that, it, there's nothing going to be done to It's all behind closed doors. And, I mean, and the other program, I mean, you take a look at UCLA. I, if something happened like that to UCLA, I don't think no. they get punished either just because of John Wooden. Arizona's another program with Sean Miller. I mean, Sean Miller paid Aiton to come to play, and Aiton has said mm-hmm. he paid him, and he's racking up the Gs, and Sean Miller is, is still there Louisville. coaching. Yep, and and Louisville, Louisville, Louisville took their punishment. They did. And, they owned up to it. And they it owned too, up so to it, and they put their them, own punishment but, on it. Uh, you look ahead back to this K State Kansas thing, and uh, they actually play each other here pretty soon again at the end of the month. So, uh, and does it does the fact of it being a rivalry game make this okay? No. And th- th- that's what I've I've decided to rivalry games. Yes. Do I like to see when players get up and. You know, like when Nebraska and Iowa face, I would love to see him. You know, kind of get, get up chippy in each with each other. Face. Yeah, that's fine. And, but the but, way that this brawl just broke out and the entire bench is cleared off, and it was just over one little tiny act at the end of the game. It's not too. like the whole game. Like, yeah, probably there was some trash talking going on the whole game, but this guy just decided to absolutely block this guy, and he didn't. I uh, like, I just don't understand what went through his mind. I'm not probably the bat- Division One basketball player where. Like him making that layup would make me look, you know, not yeah. respect, you know. But it's like everyone on the whole, like you're playing in Allen Fieldhouse, you get booed by that many people. You're like you're gonna remember it, so you're not gonna try doing that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just absolutely dumb. And the guy that came off the bench for K State, that was dumb right there. That, that guy, was very that guy, dumb. that guy was an idiot. The guy that tried to hit him with a chair was an idiot. Everyone was kind of an idiot they in the were whole all, thing. All dumb. But. I guess in the whole in the whole benches clearing thing, half of them are trying to pull everybody away. The other half are still trying to fight. Punches are being thrown because other people are getting mad for getting pushed. It's just like it's just a bad decision to get in a brawl like that, especially that close to the sideline, that close to the yeah, to the, with fans. the fans. If you do it out in the middle of the court, that makes it a little bit better. A little bit better. I mean, still not a good thing, but so maybe K State they need to talk to us about. Um, how to go about things. How to how to go about having a brawl with people. I'll, I'll show them next year if I go there. Yeah, just let them know. know. I can't believe it. That was just it's just absolutely dumb. I didn't like it. I thought, I mean, and people were like, "Oh, it's a rivalry game." And, and no. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like not what Duke a rivalry game North is. Carolina breaking out in a huge yeah. fight on Saturday. Like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. And I feel like in a rivalry, like each team should respect each other. Like that's what mm-hmm. makes a rivalry good. Like, like North Carolina respects Duke and how good they are. But and they're Duke still going to try to beat yeah. them, you know. It's not like, yeah, it's like oh, we hate those you guys. You see a lot of uh, good sportsmanship in those games, typically. I mean, yes, they get chippy with each other, but at the same point, yeah. at the end of the day, they're all basically hugging it out, and, I mean, uh, they're very good about it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we'll, we'll continue talking some college basketball here in just a second. Go fill out that poll question as well. Are you hyped for the XFL? That's on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll get to that coming up here in hour number three. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue talking some college basketball here on 1017 The Nest.
Welcome back in, hour number two of the program, talking a little college basketball. Um, kind of wrapped up that K-State Kansas brawl. Um, but college basketball this year has been just absolutely crazy. It's kind of uh, like the 2011 season is kind of what I can remember uh, was kind of the last time where there's been in 2012 too, and especially in the tournament. You look in the tournament, there was no dominant team. Um, and in those, I mean, Butler played UConn in 2011. In 2012, it was Kentucky versus, um, I can't remember. In 12? Oh, no, in 12. In 12 is Kentucky, Kansas. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of 14 uh, when it was Kentucky and uh, UConn when 14 won again. And UConn was a 7 seed. Kentucky was an 8 seed. Um, 2011 was uh, UConn was a 3 seed, but Butler was a 8 seed. In 2011, yep. um, that's what I'm thinking about. So, Butler's made a couple runs. Yeah, they two were there runs. In 2010. They were. Too. You talk about. I mean, great. Um, um, not Grayson Allen. What's his name? For uh, Gordon Hayward. If Gordon Hayward does not, I mean, it was three quarters. According to ESPN, it was three quarters of an inch away going in versus Duke. Mm -hmm. He makes that. I remember watching Butler, that game. Butler that will was go down nuts. as. I love I, that. That game was probably one of my favorite games to yeah. watch. But if you remember back, um, he had a chance to tie the game before that, and he kind of shot this floater shot that Zubek, his arm just yep. made him shoot it a little higher. Um, absolutely nuts. Yeah, they had a couple of great runs there, um, and especially as an eight seed, they had nobody on that team after uh, Gordon Hayward left, and they somehow made it to the national championship game. But this year, college basketball, absolutely insane. I mean, Michigan State was the preseason number one. They went into the season number one. They lost to number two Kentucky to start out the season. I was and crazy. And now they're all the way down to 16. And now they could possibly drop even into the low 20s with a loss now to uh, Penn State. I mean, absolutely insane. And there's so much turnaround up and up and through. The Probably the last 15 spots of that rankings – I mean, anyone it's could drop out of there. Wash. Yeah, actually, the entire rankings right now is a yeah. wash. Anybody could go anywhere, and I, I think a lot of the teams that are, uh, maybe don't play as stiff of a competition, or maybe a little bit too high in that ranking. I don't think Baylor is good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think when it comes to tournament time, I don't see them being a number one. Uh, they might be seated as a number one, but I don't see them finishing as a number it's one. It's going to come down to, if you can beat Kansas, then you might get some respect. I mean, Kansas is, I think, what, three right now, three or four? But they've had their uh, they've had they, a lot of downs at the beginning of but, the season. They uh, did not look very good at all. But I think I think just to gain respect from me, if you can beat Kansas. I think it's going to be a lot yeah. of coaching in the tournament. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. The tournament's going to be absolutely nuts. Do you like a tournament where there's – where there's a ton of upsets, as a yes. as a as a person that likes to pick games and win games, no. I just like seeing the upsets. But, but I like seeing the I upsets like seeing too. the upsets that are like big upsets. Like was that last year the number one seed or two years, two years ago? ago. Yep. Yeah, two years ago when Virginia got beat. I mean, just all the big. I like the big Cinderella story teams making a couple couple game win streak. Virginia not even ranked this year. Yeah, they they fell off. off. The I rocker. Mean, maybe they'll make a little. They're bit still of doing run. good though. Yeah. They still got like we say they fell off seventeen wins yeah, or something they like have that. Seventeen wins. Um, I mean their defense is not as good as what it's been, but it's still pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess there, here's a question we can throw out here. Seven minutes before we gotta uh, get to the news. Um, but who has the toughest conference in basketball this year? It's so tough to decide. I'm gonna have to go with the Big East. I mean, you're looking at a well-rounded. Conference, I think the Big East is just from top to bottom so good. I mean, typically, you ask me this question, I'm going to say the uh, ACC nine times out of ten. But this year, after the first uh, three, four teams in the ACC, they just kind of fall off from there. But you look at the Big East, I mean, you got Seton Hall, Villanova, Creighton, Providence, Butler. They're all doing pretty well this year. Xavier, Georgetown's not bad. I mean, every single team in that conference – from top to bottom, has over 13, 13 wins or more. So I think the Big East is a pretty tough conference. I think you could put the Big Ten minus Nebraska and Northwestern in that talk as well. I mean, we kind of talked about this earlier, and we all kind of agreed that those two conferences are really the ones making a lot of noise this year. Yeah, the Big East, every single team has a winning record. 
Um, now the final four or the final three are all 13 and 10. Providence is six and four, 13 and 10 right now. So they're not the best records, um, but they all do have a winning record. And like we were saying, excluding Nebraska Northwestern, but I think even in you can, I mean, you could probably put excluding Northwestern on there because I think Nebraska could uh, do something down the stretch, like we were talking, um, not something huge and pull out a winning season. Um, but I think they could. My votes, my votes to the Big Ten. I mean, weekend, weekend, and week out. I mean, every single weekend you're seeing a, a huge upset. No team is safe in the Big Ten, and it's absolutely insane. I mean, Michigan State has a lot. I mean, they were as expected, and then uh, Michigan. They were all the way up to fourth in the rankings, and now they've fallen off the wagon. They're 13 and nine. Four and seven in conference play. That just tells you Ohio State. They've got some huge wins. I mean, when they beat North Carolina, North Carolina wasn't that good, uh, but they got some huge wins on their roster. And they're only five and six. And Wisconsin, a team that's surprising everybody's thirteen and ten. But you take a look at like Rutgers. They've been ranked two or three times now. Penn State's been in and out of the rankings. Illinois is a team that's surprising everybody. They're tied for the the lead right now in the Big Ten at eight and three. Um, I, I just like the Big Ten because it seems like every week and every day there's always a good matchup, and you don't see that in a lot of um, conferences anymore, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, there's only a few conferences that really get discussed in basketball if you start to think about it and break it down. But ACC and, and Big Ten really anymore. Yeah. And not saying anything to the Big East, Caleb, but last year it was really the ACC and Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, mostly just the ACC. A few teams in yeah. the SEC, but other yeah. than that, I mean. Caleb, I guess who's your favorite? We all um, know the answer. Yeah, we all know the answer. Yeah, I, I looked at, you know, high, you know, up and down. I just think the Big East is um, the best conference because, you know, I'll say it's just like Sam, anyone can, can win any game. You know, Creighton proved, proved that against Villanova. Providence proved that against Butler. Providence proved that against Creighton. Uh, Georgetown beat Seton Hall. So there's been some crazy upsets in the Big East, and we've kind of beat each other up a little bit. Um, and plus, you know, this conference, you know, only you know only has ten teams, but it's a really tough ten, you know, ten teams. And you know, with the uh, you know, because I'm looking at the NET, which is the NCAA, you know, uh, the thing that they rank yeah, all the teams on. You yeah. know, the lowest is a 73 with St. John's, who's 13 and 10, and then you know DePaul 67. So, you know, we're pretty well-rounded conference overall. Um, and Ohio State was at the top of the net rankings at one point. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to chip in yep. there. Yep. And, and um, they've fallen off the wagon. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the top three are Butler, Villanova, and Seton Hall. But uh, Creighton and Marquette, uh, those are, I guess, two teams who are kind of on the outside of the Big East who can make runs in that tournament. And the Providence is one of those teams who earlier in the season looked horrible. And now all of a sudden starting to get their groove back. Xavier's looking all right. Uh, Georgetown could maybe pull off pull off an upset. And St. John's and DePaul are kind of those two that uh, maybe, but more than likely aren't going to do do too much. But overall, I think the well well rounded is the Big East. Yeah, I I agree with that. The well rounded part. I mean, there might be better teams in other conferences. I mean, the ACC or Big Ten or even SEC might have a few good teams that are better than maybe the top team in the Big East. But as far as you look top to bottom, it I think you have to go Big East or I I could even get on the Big Ten, but you're you're falling off with Northwestern and Nebraska there at the bottom. Why? They're national <laughs> championship competitors. But this is yeah. what this is what's going to make the tournament so hard is that these teams have all like beat up on each other in their conferences, and it's like no one really knows how good you are. Especially even the teams are like, man, we sucked in conference play. But then you, they're like, let's just get through the conference tournament. Let's make it to the tournament. And it's like, oh, these teams suck. Like We've been playing teams like this all year long. So that's what's going to make the tournament so good is because everyone's been beating up on each other, and then once they get to play other people again like they did in non-conference play, like, it's going to be holy cow. It's going to be it's going to be a really good uh, com yeah, uh, Sam, and national to, uh, championship. And yeah, Sam, uh, and to answer your question about, you know, if it's bad, you know, for like the tournament, you know, for people who pick. To be honest, I'm wrong anyways in the stinking tournament picking. <laughs> so to me, it doesn't really matter. I do love all the upsets. I'm expecting March Madness to be a little bit more crazier. This year, hopefully, 
Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the upsets. Yeah, we don't have a true number one because you could say Gonzaga, San Diego State. They could easily fall off in the first or second round. But um, to me, it's a little bit more exciting because you don't know what to expect. You don't know maybe a 14 seed could somehow make it to the Elite Eight. You know, something crazy like that could could very well happen. So Nobody's yeah, going to get a, a perfect bracket anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, well, I guess I just won my pool last year, so that's probably why I'm thinking this. But I like the upsets, too. I love watching, you know, an upset team uh, make their way into the Final Four. I think it makes everything interesting. Like, when Loyola Chicago was in there uh, a couple of years ago, and they put up such a good fight in the Final Four game as well. Um, just the Wofford. way they got there. Wofford. Yeah, my favorite was Florida, uh, um, Florida Gulf Coast. Just my like Florida Gulf Coast. Four years ago, I think Butler, they had a couple of good runs. I mean... Um, I mean, and you can even throw Syracuse in there. I mean, Syracuse was a 10 seed, yeah. and they made their way into the Final Four. Um, so there's been a lot of good upset teams. But uh, what it's going to really come to down to, I think, is that first and second round, yeah, there's going to be a lot of upsets. But then after that, in the Sweet 16, we're going to see who the true teams are. And it probably won't even be one seeds, but you could see a year where you have a couple threes and, a, and maybe a five in there. Mm -hmm. Teams that were good at the beginning of the year and then fell off in conference play. But like I said, they got beat up in conference play, have fought it off, and have, and have went in the tournament um, nicely. But that's Also, wait, one thing before you throw it to break. Caleb, your mom is watching. She said, Mom is here, so don't sound stupid. Have you sounded stupid yet, Caleb? I, I probably have once or twice. Oh, all right. Uh, we'll take a quick break uh, and get you your news coming up here at the top of the hour, and then uh, we are going to come back talk about uh, the NFL and the XFL. That's all still to come here on Hot Takes on 101.7 The Nest. <laughs> 